ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Every time I see you, I swear, man, you're like transforming in front of me. <laughs> well, uh, I take that as a compliment because I hope it's, a it's in the right direction. It's okay, in the good. right direction. You're like the rock climbing guy, you know. You know. Oh, I hear. You. Sorry, I think I just lost you. I might have a no. bad internet connection oh, it's here. All right. No, it's all good. It's uh, you're the rock climbing guy, man. Now you're the rock yeah. climbing. Guy. <laughs> the rock climbing guy, the donut guy. Yeah. You know, I go by many names. Yeah, you're a multifaceted, transformative figure. Yeah, and then at nighttime, I put on a costume and I go out and I fight crime. So multifaceted. Are you going to see the Batman this weekend? I don't know if this weekend. I Dude, I haven't been to a theater in, I don't know, maybe since the last Bond movie. Which I haven't been in a long time either. either, but I'm going to see the Batman for sure. You are? Yeah, Is I've that the Robert Pattinson one? Yes, yes, yes. The reviews are stunning. People are loving it, man. They're loving it. What is it supposed like? Give me the pitch on it, man. I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't. I literally haven't seen anything to do with it, except I know Robert Pattinson is the lead, and that's it. <laughs> so the director is Matt Reeves, who did. Uh, he's done a lot of really excellent movies, to include like the sequels to Planet of the Apes, like the more like grittier version of that stuff that he's done. And uh, basically, it is an extremely dark version of Batman, but like the greatest detective version of it. So really kind of angsty, uh, Kurt, Cobain, Kurt Cobain emo Batman version. I am um, uh, an angsty boy, so I, I yeah. think I look like that. <laughs> like, it's just very, like, very dark. It doesn't play up the playboy, you know, billionaire guy. It's like he almost is like letting the mansion fall apart. He has an uneasy relationship with Alfred. Like it's all messy. It's all very messy. Messy. That's what I do like remakes who take different looks at things instead of just trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. I feel like Spider-Man's done also a good job of just taking like doing there's so many Spider-Man movies, man. But yeah. like the last two, the multiverse one and then the most recent one, my favorite ones. I know, right? I think this could be the same for. The Batman. I mean, it's being described as like a combination of Zodiac and the movie Seven. Very similar. No but way. That's Seven's crazy. Dark, Seven's dark. So dark, man. Damn. That, oh, I don't want to give away any spoilers. But I do remember <laughs> watching that. And I also, ooh, this fits in. I watched The Watchmen, the Zack yes. Snyder film. Yeah. Very first time ever this weekend. Wow. Also, I thought a really cool just superhero movie that didn't fit a lot of like the normal, the normal boxes. Yes. Um, and it made you think a little bit. And then also in there, and this is where I was going with the other one, um, very graphic in some parts, like graphic <laughs> enough to, to make me go like, oh, man, like just give a little shiver. Yeah. And is it going to be like that, you think? Or is it going to be more like Dark Knight? darkish more like dark night darkish i think it's pg-13 and okay. uh it's kind of kind of a bloodless type of thing but violent at the same time 
Okay. Um, apparently, like very much like a true crime detective story that happens to be the main guy is a superhero. <laughs> like, so there could be heads and boxes. Is, there is could be. Saying. There could be. Yeah. And that's where the seven comes in. Right. And apparently, like crime has gotten worse since this is like supposed to be Batman in year two, like the end of year two, like very young Batman. Okay. And apparently it's not going well. Like crime is like way worse. The police hate Batman. Like he's just a symptom of the decay of uh, Gotham City, apparently. That's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. And then the heroes, uh, the heroes arc, right? He's going to find purpose. An arc. Yeah. Yeah. And drag himself up out of it. But something is what's that purpose and what are the details of that story? Yeah. It's supposed to be really dark. And I just, I kept reading reviews and I was like, wow, people are saying this may be the best Batman movie ever. Maybe It's, it's up there. Are those, are those critics saying those or are those users? It's critics saying it. Um, okay. You know, we're generally like always try to find terrible things about movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they never like, this is an amazing movie. They're always like terrible plot, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like oh, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. I do always find myself gravitating towards the user reviews though. When you go to yeah. like IMDB or Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Because the critics for me are hit or miss a lot of times. Sure. And then the sure. users are the ones who, who make the cult classics. Right? And the critics yeah. are kind of the people who dismiss it at the box office. So right. I don't know. I, I kind of like that dichotomy. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's a three hour runtime. It's a long movie, man. <laughs> Super long. You know, it was you like know. the Watchmen. It was just I, like I think the Watchmen. Stopped, yeah, dude, I stopped it with I think like an hour and fifteen minutes to go. <laughs> I stopped it to go to the bathroom. I was like, all right, twenty minutes left. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot more to go. Damn. I really liked that movie and the HBO series, The Watchmen, was awesome. It was awesome. I watched that one, but I didn't see the film. And oh, that one, that one was one of my favorite series, like superhero series. I think I've watched. Really good. Yeah. Really oh my good. gosh. Yeah. And I didn't even know anything before I watched that series about Dr. Manhattan wow. or like anything about the graphic, not like nothing, man. And so it's kind of cool <laughs> to just start getting tugged down the rabbit hole a little bit. Cause like, I love discovering those new worlds and like different rules and laws and characters within yeah. this new world. It, I don't know. Like that discovery phase for me is, it gets me stoked. Yeah, no, that's really cool that you went from that point of view, because that's, I always tend to like know a lot about the stuff before I get into <laughs> it. I'm like mining for it. I'm like, I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I just, maybe I just sway with the wind too much, but I kind of okay. just, I go with, go off of people's wrecks. And then I never really get swayed to try things until a lot of people have like told me about things, yeah. um, unless I'm super passionate about it. And if I'm super passionate about it, I like to be on the forefront of things and, you know, learning things that nobody else is. So yeah, hopefully that's what we're doing at the, the donut and, and every other thing I do. So we'll yeah. Well, speaking of the donut, obviously I got my newsletter this morning, like so many other people. Nice. And uh, clearly the focus is on the uh, Russia, Ukraine situation invasion. How has the donut been covering this in your estimation and your your thoughts related to this? You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been doing a, a pretty good job of filtering through all of the information and surfacing up just literally the straight facts of what's going on. Because um, there is, and it's also super interesting. Our team was talking about this the other day. The 
phenomena of ground like conventional ground war during social media times yeah like it's so interesting to be i don't know if you're on tiktok but just like scrolling through tiktok a lot of our team is and you'll see one video that's talking about like the ghost of kiev and it's uh literally a video game um video of a fighter jet shooting down other fighter jets but it's uh like the captions and everything make it try to appear or give the impression that it was like recent in Ukraine and like in the conflict. Um, But then you see like on the very next one, an exchange between just like a Ukrainian civilian and Russian soldiers. And like, it's legit by all accounts and all, you know, everything that we could possibly verify. Um, So it's just super interesting to see and try and filter through a lot of that stuff because everything's changing you, you know, especially with Russia's history of like online propaganda and just propaganda in general, that they're bots and just the people have to be out in full force to trying to like add to uh, a lot of what's going on. And it's, I don't know, it's just so wild to think about too. Um, yeah. Like an actual conventional ground war, largest one since World War II, starting in almost the exact same way. Um, with a lot of similar characteristics, it's just so, I don't know, it's really interesting uh, to, to look at from that perspective. But then again, like um, we're seeing videos um, of people like literally dying in the videos, yeah. man. And it's it, like you see firsthand just the horrors of war. And then thinking about that, you're like, what the fuck is the point of this? Yeah. You know, like yeah. the people who are doing the actual sacrificing and the fighting are the ones that have the least to benefit right and the people that are calling the shots and are the reason that this conflict is happening and people are losing lives homes like everything they have are just sitting protected in a compound somewhere you know it's like what the hell man and then yeah you know just i'll 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 let you do what that is you will well no it's brought up a lot of things do you think that the um the very almost kind of individualistic, individualistic. Uh, I'm blowing my vocabulary. <laughs> Individual style shooting of this war is going to change how we feel about war because we have so much access. Because before it was major news organizations, reporters on the ground, and you know we think about maybe say like the invasion of Kuwait and different things like that, and journalists and all of that. But now you're getting everyday people broadcasting because everyone has a recorder in their hand. Will that make us think differently about war? I think it will, 100%. And I've been saying this for years, too. Um, and I'm about to get into some very heavy topics. Okay, so let's do it. Let's do it. I, um, I want to preface this by saying these are all absolutely horrific. And in no way, shape, or form am I condoning literally anything that happened in any of these, because a lot of human lives were lost. But if we think back to the ending of World War II, what are some of the images that we think of? It's the liberation of like Auschwitz, the liberation of a lot of the concentration camps. Like you see the emaciated bodies of people, you see the corpses stacked, but you see like you literally can see and almost visualize in your mind the horrors that happened there. Six million people died, right, because of that. And that's something that to this day, we still say never forget, right, never forget around that same time period and just just before and just afterwards uh lenin was responsible for 25 million four times the deaths of the people that happened in the holocaust of his own people 
So he was directly responsible for the deaths of like four times the amount of people from the Holocaust within Soviet Russia. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. Mao, right after World War II, directly responsible for 40 million deaths. 40 million people, man. That's fucking wild. It's that's wild, man. It's unfucking. It's unbelievable. I agree. But nobody talks about those. And the reason I think that is, is because of the images that we got of the soldiers coming back from World War II of those concentration camps. Like those were broadcast to the world and the world saw firsthand or almost firsthand, I guess, the horrors that happened at war. And I'm just like praying, man, that something similar happens in this case because it's nobody wins. No, nobody wins. No, I think there's a weird good thing about us having all these devices is that maybe it will shed light on the atrocities yeah. that happen in these situations. Cause it feels, it feels medieval or archaic for someone to invade someone else's country. Right. Like in this day and age, it feels like that should never be happening. And it feels just observationally, like the majority of the world is like, no, no, we're like better than this. This right. the world yeah. should not I, be doing this. No one yeah. should ever be doing this again. But then we have the craziness of Vladimir Putin. So what is happening on that side of the equation based off of your report? Nobody knows, right? And if mm. anybody tells you they know, they're fucking lying to you because mm. it's so difficult. Even the intelligence sources are speculating. They don't really know. But the thing that scares me the most about that situation, and you hit the nail on the head, like it, a lot of this conflict rests on Vladimir Putin's soldiers, uh, soldiers, shoulders. Right. Um, I can't talk today either. I know what's uh, going on with that. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there, dude. Um, but shoulders. And then um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Russian culture, but we have um, some folks that work for us in Eastern Europe. And I have some mentors who have business operations in Eastern Europe. And a lot of what they tell me about the culture is it's very like authoritarian. It's very, um, leaders are supposed to show and exude strength. Like you can't show any weakness. You always need to win. You can never back down, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And by all accounts, the invasion doesn't seem to be going very well for Russia. Right. And Putin, given the culture of Russia and his hold on leadership is more obviously through fear and intimidation tactics than like love and admiration. Um, so he needs to have some sort of win. If this conflict's going to end, he needs to have some sort of win to sell to his people. Or if not, he doesn't have any sort of win, which it doesn't seem like he ha really has an out now to sell a win to his people. It's just going to keep escalating. Mm -hmm. And then especially when you have nuclear weapons on hand, the escalation can happen, you know, very quickly and, and in an almost irreversible fashion. Right, so that's right. that's a lot of what scares me about the situation there. And as for what's going to happen next, man, I don't fucking know because I don't think anybody knows um, what Vladimir Putin's thinking except Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I mean, let's we don't know, but what's the ramification of a continued? You know, there's 40 miles apparently of tanks and yeah. artillery coming yeah. towards uh, Ukraine. How can, what's the ramification ramifications potentially for this? Yeah, well, they're within Ukraine now. They're headed okay. towards the capital. They're it's heading changing. towards the so, like by the second. I mean. Dude, and the day before, it was three miles in length, this yeah. convoy. And now yeah. it's more than 40. So that swelled, obviously, fairly quickly. But 
the implications of that, I'm not 100% sure. So I haven't been following it as closely as a lot of our journalists. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my knowledge comes from um, what I know about just uh, geopolitics in general. And then from what I've learned and gleaned talking to our journalists. So as for like the most up-to-date stuff, I don't know, you know, much more than, than that. Uh, yeah. Because last I talked with them, the convoy was 40 miles in length and headed towards Kiev. Um, and again, that's like, I, war is unpredictable. I, it is. I have no experience with it. You know? yeah. So I, I just kind of try and try and talk to the people and weave my way through it as I can. What are the, when speaking of implications, what are the implications of all the, all these countries, the financial and let's say yeah. um, oil-based, energy-based ramifications implications that are happening with these different countries are finally like okay you got to do something wrong for switzerland and luxembourg and places like that to be like listen no we're not doing yeah. this think about that for a second so they stayed neutral in world war ii but mm-hmm. now they're taking sides and not only taking sides but finland and sweden are arming ukraine against russia mm. so that's a, a fairly historic shift in and of itself but also, uh, like you were talking about from an economic perspective, it's, it's been interesting to see the kind of like creep of the sanctions. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to go from zero to 100, just like snap, right? Yeah. You want to continuously escalate and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and give an opportunity for negotiation, you know? So right. there's not just yet that immediate escalation. Right. So it's been kind of interesting to see those progress. But the thing that hasn't been touched, which has the the biggest i think impact on the world is russia's i don't want to say stranglehold because it's not a stranglehold but they're a major energy exporter mm-hmm. of both natural gas and oil and as of now none of that stuff has been touched um, and the surrounding countries would feel the brunt of that a lot um, and i can get into the u.s in a second because sure. we're actually still importing uh, I was talking to some commodities guys and we're importing, I think, 200,000 barrels a day from Russia mm. at uh, more than 100 bucks a barrel. So you guys can do the math on that. Yeah. We're, like, we're still paying that because um, energy payments have to continue. But where I was going with that um, was one of my mentors has a shop in Slovakia and 97% of Slovakia's energy comes from Russia. So Slovakia didn't do anything wrong. Slovakia just has an energy supplier that's close by them who jump-started a conflict. And they're going, their people actually are going to be the ones who bear the brunt of any of the sanctions. So it's just, it's, it's tough, right? You know, because at the end of the day, the people who are insulated and protected like Putin, like the Mm -hmm. oligarchs, um, like the generals are the ones they'll get hit economically, but they'll be fine ultimately, right? But the people who get squeezed are the actual civilians and the people who, by a lot of accounts, um, aren't supportive of the war, even within Russia to begin with. Yeah. Do you think this sets Russia back quite a bit, uh, the the people of Russia and the society? It depends on how it works out. Yeah. if there is a new leader of Russia somehow, I, I think it would depend on what type of government emerges. Um, vacuums of power typically aren't very kind to yes. uh, aren't very kind um, to countries. But if it is still Putin, again, he has to have a win to sell. 
Yeah. And I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know what that is either. And I feel like it's slipping deeper and deeper into this massive worldwide push against Putin. Yeah. And just it's crazy that there's still these type of these type of fools, man, in the world. You wanna, you wanna start speculating? Because now again, I want to preface it. We can start speculating if you want. Speculation to. is great. It's just okay. we don't know what's gonna happen. It's pure speculation. That's 100 percent speculation. speculation. Um, okay. So one of the things we toss around, we like to just um, toss around some crazy ideas in our writer's room just to kind of like flesh a lot of those out and like why they're crazy or why they might not be crazy. So Putin, by some accounts, has been holed up within Russia at his compound for the past few months and only letting some some advisors and uh, like close people actually get to the compound to meet with him. He's around 70 years old, and throughout his entire history, he's been quoted as saying that the fall of Soviet Russia was like the worst thing to happen in history. Hmm. So it seems as if his motivation is like restoring the glory of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. like from his perspective. Right. And if you're 70 years old, you don't have that much longer to live. Right. And what what's his legacy you know like really and truly what is his legacy right objectively not much you know like he hasn't really done much for russia um from from where i'm sitting i maybe other people think something differently right i don't know much about that but if he wants to leave a legacy is does he have some sort of terminal illness interesting hmm hmm i never thought about it that way Again, pure speculation. Pure speculation. speculation. What makes someone go to this lengths when you maybe you, I mean, I don't know whether he's in his right mind or not, but like this doesn't seem like a good play. Like if you're in there with a bunch of people, you're in a silo with a bunch of people who are telling you stuff that is on the world stage is not good for you, but they think it's good for you. There's something, there may be something deeper, as you said, maybe there is, because every, you know, this is a larger discussion on all humans on some level is you start feeling your mortality at some point in your life. And then you start reflecting on what have I done in my life? It's a very human thing to do, but most humans don't normally do stuff like this. (laughs) Like that's the big difference there to have the, the power to do it, you know? Or the perspective, perspective you know? like yeah. uh, we learn about space a lot, and I love space. Space too, is fucking man. dope. It's awesome. Why is um, nobody talking about the James Webb Telescope? Seriously, man, it's like it's working perfectly too. Like it's amazing. Like the the mirror sequence, like the mirror deployment incredible. sequence that they put together, absurd. <laughs> like so complex and precise, and they had never practiced it before, like oh, in its entirety it's and ex- perfectly in space, like in so space. many miles away. It's wild. <laughs> like a million miles away it's working perfectly like it's crazy dude and then like you you think about to talk about the perspective you think about just the vastness of space like um the numbers don't even feel real man it's i think it's something like uh 93 billion or 900 billion light years wide and yeah for Uh, context a light year takes 30,000 years for us to travel currently right now (laughs) so you think about how big the universe is and then you think about like the tiny little gripes that that you know like i have consistently every day or that we have consistent you're like why the fuck does that even matter like, 
we're so tiny. We're so small. You know, like, why can't we find some joy in life? Like, let's have some fun while we're here. We're not here very long. And we're like nothing in the grand scheme of things. So I know, man, space is crazy. I think I've, I've had some soul searching about space in the last couple months. Like, I don't know. Like, I keep listening to these arguments about, you know, life, intelligent life. According to these equations, life is teeming in the universe. It's everywhere. It's trillions of potentially trillions of intelligent civilizations. Like, oh, that's exciting. If that's that's true, but like, it's exciting. But I also think to myself, I don't think the same people who argue that ever think that maybe that isn't true. I think, I think yeah. you should look at it both ways. That's my opinion, clearly just my opinion. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm good if it's one way or the other. Like either way, it doesn't matter to me. But I think some people, they're like, well, it's just a mathematical equation. Like it has to be. But I'm like, I don't know. But like, why wouldn't you entertain the other thought either? Right. Like, and, <laughs> like, but that's, that's why I love exploring ideas like this. And your thought process too is like mine, you know? Yeah. I, I don't trust people who don't understand their opposition's arguments. Right. If you don't understand your opposition's arguments, how the hell do you know that you're right? Right. (laughs) You know, like that's just, to me, that's a key component of actually having a firm grasp on a topic or a concept or a subject. And if you you don't have that, I don't trust you. So like you have to look (laughs) at things from a different angle. Yeah, I mean, like if it's true that there's all these civilizations, it's also currently true that you and I are never going to see them more than likely. Right. And the possibility that most humans will never see them, but we don't have the technology to even come close to even exploring these things. So then we're waiting on someone or something to visit us potentially if it has yeah. or hasn't. But on the other end, let's say life is so hard to happen the way it happens here that it happened just here. How would that really change your life anyways? I mean, like, you're still going to eat hamburgers, whatever, and go and take a dump. You know, you're going to like, what's the big deal? I get it's your life's work to say that this, all these things may exist. But on the other hand, what? it's it's okay if it isn't. It's actually okay. Oh, it's like, totally fine. That's, I don't, and that's what I don't understand about topics like right. that, why people get so passionate and heated. It's like, yeah. you, you will never know. You You're will never going to know. Yo, I love the dog. That's great. Fantastic. The Anatolian and, and German Shepherd. You want to know about space too. I know. I get it. Yeah. He wants some attention. But you know, you're right though. Like, it's like, how can you get so worked up about it? It's like, if it's not true what's the big deal like you're not gonna know right you're not gonna know you're never gonna know and so you're gonna waste your time yelling at somebody or vehemently fighting with somebody for for what you know like i I love the hi buddy (laughs) (laughs) i love it it's okay man this happens a lot it's all good (laughs) yeah that's the the working from home thing right oh yeah yeah. i think we've now gotten yeah we've gotten accustomed to the dogs and the kid like uh you remember that clip of that news anchor whose kid yeah, came in yeah. behind them. Yeah. 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 I feel like we've gotten more accustomed to that. And also oh, like yeah. the doorbell ringing and people having to run up and go get it and all that stuff. I mean, what's professionalism? I don't know. I mean, like it's, it's a sliding scale, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but and, you know, uh, totally I don't know. It's like, so like I look at all these topics and I go, all right, like 
how will this like really be detrimental to my life if it is true or it isn't true? You know, like, yeah. uh, I don't know. So space is, I'm kind of like, I think it's important to have some perspective about it. These are like the James Webb telescope. I, I'm like geeking out of my mind about this thing. But I also understand like, these are things that I'm never gonna really know, you know, completely. But it's nice to know that we can look back 13 point something billion years and see light from the beginnings of the universe. It's great, but and, it won't be covered on the news that much, honestly. No. <laughs> Until there's like a big picture, a big discovery. And then yeah. you can read about it in the donut because we will cover right. it. Right. Because we love space at the donut. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's like all of a sudden you see some ship out there, like that's definitely a ship. <laughs> like, okay. Speaking of, what do you think of these uh, these arguments that the, was it, I can't even pronounce it, but that oblong shaped mm -hmm. asteroid that passed was uh potentially a ship with a light sail have you heard I, any of that i thought i i listened to a podcast with a scientist who totally believes that like he's like all on board Avilo? yeah the yeah. harvard dude yeah. yeah he's totally into it i don't know i mean i think it's uh i guess it's possible how would i know i mean it's just fun to talk about sometimes like if no, somebody no. said it definitely happened i'm like honestly i don't know that you know that clearly you don't know. <laughs> and i don't know that it may be fun to think about you know it could be a great netflix series coming soon i don't know like it's that's about <laughs> as the extent of what i'm into of it you know? <laughs> like, yeah I think our peeves are the same. We just get peeved at people who get angry whenever their completely speculative and hypothetical arguments get yeah. challenged. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, I know just, you're not. You're you're probably extraordinarily smart and a capable human being. But can we just defer to the the people who understand space and you know astrophysics and yeah, all that on. stuff? It's, it's like so. it's kind of crazy. Like, okay, you know what? Be upset maybe about like healthcare. Healthcare yeah. in America is garbage. And you know what? It affects like all human beings. That's something I would be ups I'm upset about. Okay, I'm like it actually affects me. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we should do something about that. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, uh, yeah dude. Talk we were talking with our team about it the other day. Um, how frustrated we get when corporations become performative, mm. and that's kind of to me. It seems like what happens with every controversy that pops up you know like you see emails in your inbox unprompted from companies who haven't sent you stuff in a while that's yeah. like hey just a quick message from us we stand with whoever the you know wherever the wind's blowing and we look at that and we go i, I get why you're doing it you know like it'd be one thing if you really and truly believed in it you know so much that you wanted to tell us about it and you wanted yeah. to you know help to help in some way so like give us a call to action or something you know donate to this cause i had a friend like i understand that i get that but the just hey we're still here mm -hmm. we really care about this controversy now go buy <laughs> some of our shit it's like no i i know what you're doing and this performative doing. this performative um solving uh or recognizing of problems without a solution is so it's irritating as hell yeah you know i think also it's like for you, this has to be really interesting and crazy on some level because we spent this whole cycle, almost this two-year cycle on COVID-19 and, and politics. And then all of a sudden, it has shifted massively, for sure, should be, on yeah. Ukraine, Russia. It's almost like it when something this big happens, it disappears the last, the previous thing. It literally like obliterates it and everybody believes that 
I guess that's done. You know, like we're no longer talking about the OJ case anymore. You know, it's like, like stuff, whatever it is, something supplants something else, you know? Uh, dude, a hundred percent. And that's another annoying thing we talk about a lot. It's like the, just the bouncing from controversy to controversy yeah. to controversy. And then you combine the bouncing with the performative nature of it. And it's like, ah, oh, what's the controversy of the week? Let me get yeah. upset about it for a week, not do anything, move on, you know? And what I think what we're doing to try and solve that is we're going to be rolling out a new website um, over the next like week, week and a half. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it just helps provide a little bit more context. But um, if we cover a particular story, we want to give people updates on that story because we don't want to be the news organization that is like, hey, big, massive headline. And then you never hear about the story again. Yeah. You know, like we want to actually follow stories from the start to the completion, the way that news should be. Yes. Um, so we'll be trying to implement a timeline feature. I don't quite know how it'll look like yet, uh -huh. but we want a way to tie stories along the same topic together visually in a way that allows people to actually uh, follow these controversies or you know whatever it is in a way from start to finish that allows them to get a full grasp on it. And then we combine that with something we call dose of action mm. uh, to put within, you know, a click, a bunch of different organizations and ways that people can literally actually help instead of just complaining about it. Yeah, I've noticed, I'm not sure how much you guys get into this, but I've noticed that there's a, a big dose of grifting and scamming going on in our oh, culture. Yeah. Is that something you guys are aware of or that you think is worthy of covering type of thing? It seems to be pretty large and pervasive. Uh, like crypto, you mean? Or <laughs> it's so funny. I heard somebody yesterday say cryptos are just another Ponzi scheme. I don't know, man. I just, I just, a bunch of people are starting to get on that. I'm hearing the whispers of this thing is, you know, there's no actual product, whatever, but like crypto, you know, fraud, scamming people out of money. It's the whole kind of uh, um, Anna Delvey situation, the Tinder swindler, all these. There seems to be a growing movement of uh, grifting, scamming fraudulent nature like increasing in society yeah well i mean i think you'll see that wherever money exchanges hands you'll sure. always find people trying to like divert some of the flow into mm -hmm. their own pockets so obviously you see it in politics a lot where people yeah. just like take a hard line on some position and then no matter what their personal beliefs are they always you know portray that that uh, uh, type of ideology yeah. to the world to get money off of it and then a lot of, if you guys look into a lot of the like packs and stuff, a lot of what they'll do is they'll raise a shit ton of money and then mm -hmm. hire the people who founded it or the companies of the people who founded it as consultants. So they'll literally pay themselves with the money they raised by, you know, <laughs> proclaiming an ideology that they really didn't even believe in. So yeah. if you're talking about grifters like that, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, there's so much of it going on, but it's kind of always been. A yeah, lot of that no, stuff going on. it's just like it, to me it just seems to be shifting with the technology you know like because people are trying to outpace regulation i would say yes, yes. So it's almost like the scammers are trying to stay one step ahead of the government or one step ahead of yeah. regulation or just like one step ahead of people who could stop them from doing yeah. what they're doing and right now it just i mean fucking nfts are the wild west dude it's like nobody knows who purchases them you have celebrities <laughs> washing their own nfts right like they're hey here's an nft i listed it for you know fifteen thousand dollars but somebody paid 150 grand for it but then you 
come to find out the person paid themselves 150 grand <laughs> so less the up, transaction man. fee. So it's like they actually lost money on it. Yeah. So I, oh man, it's like that, if you're talking about that, it is, it's, it's out there um, a lot. Well, it's also similar, maybe different, but like you're talking about the wild, wild west. I see that. And I think you guys covered this a little bit when it came out the uh, name image license aspect yeah. in college yeah, athletics. Yeah. I actually think it's my, my personal opinion here. I think it's out of control. Honestly, I Dude. think it's like that there needs to be some level of parameters here because I think it's completely out of control. Again, just my opinion about it. I got a perspective on that too. Being a former college athlete mm. when we didn't get paid for check. Yeah, I remember that. Believe me, myself. <laughs> we got nothing. Got meal stipend, man, during, on the road. <laughs> yeah. How much did you guys get? Oh, it depended on where we went, depending on how long the, because, you know, ours yeah. was over several days. Yours could have been too, if you were doing yeah, ours was, yeah, stuff, over the know. weekend. Yeah. It depends. It could be like 20 bucks this day, 40 bucks. It just depended on the, where we were like, and stuff yeah. like that. And if there were team provided lunches and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. For, I think it was like some like 50 bucks a day for us yeah. for three meals, no matter right. where we were. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't a whole ton, but I knew a bunch of people who would just go eat at McDonald's and like pocket the other rest. Yeah. And I know people. I'm not going to lie. Like, oh. I used to do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart, bro. That's smart. I, I needed some money, thing. man. <laughs> I used to do the same thing. Other people go to Applebee's and order, you know, like no. martinis and stuff. No. <laughs> Love that. I was definitely not one of those people. I was like, oh, I need to have like 20 bucks on me. You know, I'm like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to eat probably not great for me for being an athlete, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, but the NIL stuff is kind of wild, man. And um, a lot of what I think what you'll see, because the NCAA is about to go belly up and not many yeah. folks are talking about that. I didn't know there's, that. There's no reason for the NCAA to exist anymore because the, the leagues govern themselves and the NCAA used to handle the flow of money and it doesn't do that anymore. So, um, or it's getting away from being able mm -hmm. to do that. So there's legitimately no reason for the NCAA to exist. So I think you'll see that start to evaporate. And then some of the other leagues, like the power five will probably try and make its own, you know, some sort of organization. Yeah. But, um, I don't know if you've noticed this or have gotten emails about this. I got an email from Michigan state the other day, uh, where I played baseball that was talking about how they now have a hub that connects athletes with sponsorship opportunities. Mm. I don't know whether or not the schools take a cut of that, but that's an agency business. That's an if agency. They do. And that's coming from a college. So, <laughs> so you know, it's going to like the, it's just going to be interesting to see how it evolves and changes, but it is the freaking wild west now, dude. And yeah. whoever pays the most is going to, going to win. Yeah, apparently, like, I, I don't know if you guys covered this either, but uh, gosh, I can't remember his last name, but it was the quarterback at Oklahoma, yeah. went to USC, where Lincoln Riley is now. Yeah. And apparently, uh, allegedly, again, we don't know, I don't know, but, you know, he's making like $2 million a year off this NIL. And basically, I think even more than that, actually. And he's just wow. okay. It's not like he's an amazing quarterback. I mean, he was the backup to Spencer Rattler in the beginning of the year. Then he didn't play so well. It's not like he's amazing. So I, I, I feel like I used to love college sports. Let me just preface this. Love it. But this is my opinion also. College basketball may be the worst it's ever been. <laughs> like, I mean, like yeah. to me, I think college basketball is so bad. I think you got to, you know, some Gonzagas and places like that is good. But generally speaking, 
it is, I feel like this is just my observation. It's just not that good anymore. Like it's great for is the tournament, good? but there's no rivalries anymore. Like it's just, you know, you used to like actually look forward to UNC and Duke playing each other because you're going to get maybe the third year of Vince Carter playing so-and-so from Duke, you know, these, these actual year by year, you're waiting for it to come back. And it's the same thing that I think why I believe LeBron James ruined, ruined the NBA on some level, on some level with the massive mobility of players, because no longer are you getting like uh, Bob Costa said, said when the Bulls won their last championship with Michael, you're, you may never see this again, a group of guys who played together for six, seven, eight years, and they keep coming back to try to climb the mountain. And today's player mobility, the teams are just different every time. And I think yeah. it's good that players are doing what they, you know, can do, have more freedom and stuff like that. But you, it's a trade-off. It's yeah. totally a trade-off, you know, yeah. and which I was, the NFL is, is the king because the NFL, it's harder to do that. It's much harder to do that. So you get people running it back over and over and trying to get the, I just think, I just think the NIL plus the one and dones in college, I think it's ruined college basketball. It's just my opinion, but it's, it's almost unwatchable for me. It's like a bunch of average guys playing out there. Yeah. So, so it's level of play and passion. Yeah. I haven't watched it. I literally haven't watched a second of college. Exactly. I tried. It was one of the worst experiences ever. It's like, most of these guys would have never been on the past team. Like you went to Michigan State. Big respect for Tom Izzo, right? I mean, he's like, great guy. Man, he really cares. I think he's having a hard time in this environment. Like yeah. this is just, and Coach K, he's retiring. Yeah. I don't think he likes this either. I think he sees like he just has to cater to this one and done. And now you got to basically pay good players to come yeah. there. And it's just a recruiting extravaganza. Yeah. I think there's a tipping point. It's not good for the, for the, for the actual play of the game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, it looks a little bit like pro sports, even almost. Yeah. But with like average guys, <laughs> like it's not even like they're great players with a bunch of average dudes out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it, it, it is kind of wild. And I've always, I've always said that um, when the one and done came in, I understand why it happened. Yeah. I would have loved to see them implement something like exists currently in baseball where you can get drafted out of high school. Mm-hmm. But if you go to high school, you give up, or if you sign to go pro, you give up on your college career. Yeah. If you go to college, meaning like if you don't sign to go pro, even though you get drafted, you go to college, you have to wait three years. Yeah. And then you can be drafted again. Right. Like I would right. almost prefer that because then too. you would filter out like the top, 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 top tier one and done. They go straight to the league. Straight and then you the would league. get a little bit of the, I mean, you would get really good players who are passionate, theoretically passionate about the school and, you know, basketball, what they're yeah. doing, who are actually going to the colleges and then who are perpetuating those rivalries. So like, yeah. do you think that yeah. could possibly help at all? I think so. I think it'd be a great idea. I just think whatever you loved about the past of these things is because there was tremendous rivalries. I mean, I think back just growing up, like the Georgetown Hoyas, right? There's such a great organization, John Thompson, the coach, Patrick Hewing. I mean, all these amazing players. And then they're playing Villanova and the big East, you know, on a regular, and there's like Patrick Hewing's running it back every year, playing the rivals. And you're just looking forward to it. Like, and also the players are growing up. They're kids. They're getting older. They're getting more mature. You're watching them grow into men as the time goes. Now it's just baby face kids in the NBA. 
you know, they're just okay. And even these guys who just recently got drafted, they're not even that good. They're like just okay <laughs> players. They're literally just okay. Like there, there hasn't been a at least to see. I mean, I haven't followed basketball all yeah. that well, but obviously everybody knows who LeBron James was. Sure. I knew who LeBron James. I didn't follow basketball. I knew who he was when he was in high school. Exactly. Are there haven't been many people like that? There's since none then. of that. There's none. There's no, no one even coming like that. It's like the last big sensation was Zion Williamson when he went to Duke. Yeah. Zion doesn't even play. He's at, he's completely out of shape. He's barely played in the NBA. He's been a massive bust, basically. I mean, he can't stay healthy. You, you can't when you're 300 pounds, dude. I mean, it's like, <laughs> come on, man. It's like, so it's watering itself down. Again, why the NFL is so great. It has it dialed in completely. So who's carrying the torch for the for basketball? Then? Is there anybody? I mean, I think there's a lot of great talent, but like probably like Giannis and Titicumpo. I think he's probably your, he's still young, 26, 27. Uh, but he was like a rare case. He came in from Greece. He is like a little pipsqueak, scrawny guy and actually developed to become one of the greatest players. And that doesn't happen that often. Yeah. And I, I remember Kawhi too. Kawhi was hot for a minute. Kawhi was hot. Now he's, and he's injured every year. And uh, I think uh, it's going to be hard to have another LeBron or another Jordan. Like those, Kobe. Uh, Kobe. I just, I'm not sure that, I'm also not sure about the work ethic of the generation of people coming through. <laughs> I really don't, I think they just want stuff. Like they don't like, uh, not the sure. Yeah, I don't, just don't think they act, <laughs> like it requires, that's the other thing with the NIL. If you're giving somebody all this money at this stage in their life, what's this, what's the point? Yeah. Like, it's like what uh, um, Hagler said, you know, it's hard to get up and train when you're wearing silk pajamas in the morning. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're just doing it for the money, you've already made it. You've already point. made it. What's the point of working hard to become the best? You know, it's like the best is irrelevant if in your mind, it's just about the money. Yeah, dude, you know? like you listen to Kobe talk about that. You go, there is a clear reason that dude was great. Clear and reason. I remember I was watching a clip of him the other day in an interview with LeBron. And yeah. uh, they were talking about a uh, the scenario when LeBron went to Miami. Yeah. And um, Kobe wanted to win more, more championships than, or I'm sorry, it was totally butchered the story. story. I have LeBron on my mind. He was talking to Shaq. So yeah. after they broke up, Shaq went to Miami. And uh, Kobe was talking about how he desperately, so desperately wanted to win more titles than Shaq did. Yeah. And he knew Shaq wasn't going to get one. Um, so he knew he had to win two or three. And then I was just listening to him and watching this guy talk. And you see like the passion, you see the emotion, you see the intensity. And you go, yeah. oh, shit. There's no, <laughs> I see why that guy was great. Like nobody yeah. was going to outwork him and he was not going to just go around you. That dude was going to go fucking through you. Really? And he was going to let you know about it every single second. I love that. See, yeah. I love that yeah. mentality. I just don't see it in a lot of people in sports today. I just think it's like, if a guy or whoever is getting paid so early at 18, 17, and you're walking around a college campus with $4 million, I don't know, man. Like, and then there's the inequity of it. Like you're there. What if another guy's or person's there? They're making nothing. Basically you're walking around your drive. Cause you know, when you're like, when you're that age, you don't give a shit. You get the best car. You don't think about being humble. You're bragging on it. You're taking pictures. 
And I just think, okay, getting to the league, eh. <laughs> like, yeah. eh, okay, maybe. I mean. And, th- and that's another interesting thing, too, that kind of like locker room, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, camaraderie. Yeah. Like now you toss in the, the monetary aspect as well, and you get more of like a professional type locker room. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you're given kids on God, like I'm 28 years old, man. I don't fucking know shit. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know exactly. And like, I think of myself 10 years ago. And if you gave me $5 million 10 years ago, <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's, it's the stupid crazy. things I do with it, the stupid things I do with it. And, right. you know, I, I can't imagine being in that scenario and then tossing in, uh, you know, like we're going to win a big 10 championship this year. It's like, yeah, okay. You guys go do that. Okay, I'm, I'll know, be there, but you uh, know, like... I'll, I'll, I'll be in the league and, you know, I'll be in my <laughs> escalator and like, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, I, and the it's, transfer, yeah, man. The transfer portal is crazy. Yeah. It's basically steroid, like free agency on steroids. It is. Yeah. But it also shows you like, they're not there to go to school, man. The school is just a, is just the a vehicle. Is yeah. <laughs> like, if a guy's transferring two or three times, like on that, like he's not there for school, whoever, a, a guy, girl, whatever, they're just there to just try to pimp the league to get to where the ultimate goal, you know? Right. Especially the, well, the money-making ones, right? Like yeah. I was, I did always love those commercials coming from a non-money-making sport, you know, yeah. like we were always below the line. So we were always an afterthought. Yeah, I always yeah. love those ones that were like, um, you remember the like 99% of us will go pro in something other than sports. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I always love that. Yeah. I mean, it just happens. How true just, is that anymore? Is, uh, exactly. <laughs> I just don't know, like, where's the, where, where is this all headed? You know, it's like, we talked about like news and subscriptions. Now we're talking about work ethic of people. We're talking about like this constant cycle of, of controversy Sometimes I feel like, is there a fork in the road at some point? Is there some reckoning we need to be thinking about? I mean, most people won't, but you know, like, I don't know. Well, well I'll kind of leave you with this. Cause this, I, you know, earlier this week, I got down the nihilism rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, we all, you know, nothing matters anymore. What the fuck's the point? You know, conflict, <laughs> oh, no. World War III, nuclear war, right? Like just, yeah. you know, getting really in my head about that stuff. And I talked to a mentor of mine who grew up during the cold war times. And he goes, dude, every single day during those times, the threat of nuclear war was hanging over our head. Mm-hmm. He goes, we've been through a lot of this stuff before. And, you know, obviously during times like this, it feels like it could be the end of the world. Yeah. But again, we talk about perspective a lot, like trying to take a step back and get yourself out of that emotional state. And even though it's so hard and thinking about things yeah. rationally, you know, you think about the Cold War in the 80s and then if people are, are like really and truly concerned about United States being pulled into conflict or even an invasion of the United States, it's a good time to look at the military comparatively to the rest of the world. It's also a good time to think about the terrain of the United States, uh, like to the north. It's yeah. there's like no infrastructure whatsoever. It's mountainous. It's cold as fuck. Yeah. Love our Canadian neighbors. I'm in Michigan right now. I used to yeah. go to Windsor, Ontario all the time. Right. But if you're coming through Canada, trying to move an army and all of the equipment that comes along with it through Canada, like good luck. You're trying to come up from the South. You have to come through South America through, you know, there's not that many land bridges to, to right. come up from South America through Mexico all the way into the United States. Easily bombable routes ground invasion you know if people get to the ground invasion again um, from the north or the south 
they'll have to deal with 500 million, give or take, guns in the country. Yeah, that's true. And the arms, <laughs> like a, a very point is a very heavily armed civilian that's population right. that will hamper uh, whatever you're trying to do. So if yeah. you can somehow make it through the largest expeditionary navy in the literal world, <laughs> you can make it through the most powerful fighting force the world has ever seen. If you can make it through the terrain and onto American soil, then you still have to contend with all of the people with guns. Yeah. Yeah, so sure. it's, you know, the the chances of the United States being invaded or being pulled into an armed conflict like that are extraordinarily yeah, low. Yeah, of course. Um, so I would take solace, solace in that yeah. if you're an American and you're, you're kind of worried about being pulled into a lot of what's going on. I actually think probably the biggest thing for us kind of on the wrap up here is how we deal with this encroachment of technology which is trying to head towards kind of a metaverse uh, augmented reality I, that I'm, I'm very conflicted by because i love technology i love that it allows us to do stuff like this but i'm also worried about a, an existence where people are trying to live a life that is not real they're just trying to escape the reality are you talking like legit metaverse, like you put like on the like ready metaverse. player one, yes. like you put on the goggles. And you I just... feel like people would be into it on some level, but some people wouldn't. But I feel like we often do stuff without thinking of the implications of it. Like that's literally what we do most of the time. Right. Let's just create some shit. This is bad for progress. us. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> like, you know it's like... But but the you know and the thing too is I don't know that there's a way around it is to yeah, move I, forward. You have to start something. You yeah. Have to start. You never know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. But like the the um, metaverse thing, it's it's super interesting because I think a lot of people share our concern about yeah. that. Though I do think there would be a large audience of people who would use it as like escapism. Yeah. You know, people do that with people do that now. Sure. sure. Um, we've done polls in the past of our mm -hmm. audience, which is pretty split evenly ideologically, even though it skews on the younger side. Yeah. Uh, more people than not would not spend more time in the metaverse than in the real world. I love and that. That's, I kind of take solace in that. But yeah. the downside is um, we did this poll. We've done this poll three times now. We did it twice before Facebook announced anything about the metaverse. Pretty comparable. Now we've done it afterwards. And more people said they would live in the metaverse than in the real <laughs> world than they did before Facebook's announcement. Oh man. So maybe there will be more consumer adoption, but I can tell you right now, I like living in the real world. Um, so that's probably, probably where you'll find me most of the yeah. time. Bravo, bravo. We are here with my awesome friend, Peter Nowak, rock climbing man, <laughs> CEO, founder of the donut. This, amazing this dude. Friend. Look at that. I see the striations, it's amazing. <laughs> uh peter you're, you're you're awesome man seriously you're like a good friend of mine thank you for giving me time every couple months to just chat with you about the news and life you know yeah thanks for having me on i absolutely love doing these and just chatting with you man it's yeah, uh it's here, good man. it's good to have conversations with like genuine authentic people who like getting deep into stuff and not just <laughs> like ah weather outside sunny how about that? And then just like getting right into work because that's pretty much a lot of my conversations. So sunny <laughs> so out there. You. I know. I see the sun. Okay, it's great. <laughs> so thank uh, you. But can I, I give a, can I give a can Please. I give a plug here? Real quick? 
quick. Do it. Um, so actually, actually, as of today, uh, the Donut is the only news organization ever and uh, currently to deliver 100% free comprehensive news via text messages. Uh, so you can check that out on our website. Uh, it'll be a special page. It's the donut.co backslash Greek. That's T-H-E-D-O-N-U-T dot C-O backslash Greek, G-R-E-E-K. It'll take you through an onboarding quiz uh, to personalize your news experience. Again, everything we do 100% free. Uh, so check it out, sign up, reply to any of the welcome messages or any messages you get. It comes directly to me. I love hearing from people. I love talking to people. Hopefully that's the, the impression I'm giving off, Darian. But sure. um, sure. check us out, thedonut.co. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, text messages, whatever, and let me know what you think. Awesome, man. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Darian, thank you, man.